0: let's get on with the show. Why is it that so many podcasters and podcast guests are doing stuff that doesn't work, is often boring, and may even be damaging to their personal brand and professional future? Welcome to Podfluence, the podcast that helps coaches and speakers build professional authority through podcasting. In this episode, we're gonna take a look at some of the bad advice out there and some of the things that I see people doing and have probably even done myself from time to time that doesn't work, especially as a podcast guest who is looking to build authority become known, and maybe even get invited back onto some of the best podcasts. Welcome to Podfluence, the podcast for business coaches and professional speakers who want to build audience and authority through podcasts. Here's your host, international coach and speaker, John Ball. Okay, let's start the show. Now, I can remember being on my way home one time on the bus that I've taken many times passing through the city centre of Valencia, where I live and we reached a stop by the train station and everyone else on the bus got off except for me and the driver. Now the urge to get up and get off the bus was so strong that I almost did, thinking well this must be the final stop. Maybe for some reason there had been no announcement from the driver and the driver wasn't telling me to get off. I convinced myself to stay put, the doors closed, the bus carried on. We trust the wisdom of the crowd even at times when we shouldn't. And I see and hear it all the time in podcasting. In continuing with my series on the seven deadly sins of podcasting, we reach number three, ignorance or lack of awareness. It's an especially important one for podcasters because most of us get into it without a clue what we're doing at first. And many will make the same mistakes that I myself and countless others have, of thinking that if you're having fun and enjoying it, then your audience will too. I know I've said that, and I've heard many other people say it too. This is a wild and unfounded assumption, but I'm not going to suggest that you shouldn't enjoy your podcast experiences. But let's take a look at the list so far. So number one in our list of seven deadly podcast sins was gluttony, self-indulgence. Number two was selfishness. Number three is then ignorance or lack of awareness. That still leaves us with four, five, six, and 7 to come and they will be following pretty soon. So we're not quite even halfway on the list yet but this issue may be the one that I hear most commonly from the podcasters that I speak with on a daily basis. Whilst it's true that you don't know what you don't know, ignorance may allow for some short-term bliss but in the long run it becomes painful. We don't want to put in the work, we hate the long-term process, and we just want to sit down and hit record. But that's rarely a recipe for magic. It's more like the ingredients for a casserole of mediocrity that you'll be eating for every meal. And maybe I need to ask my friend Simon Lancaster for some help with my metaphors here. So is ignorance bliss? Well, ignorance allows others to take advantage of us and it allows us to think that we're doing great when we might actually be failing. Choosing not to learn the ropes or receive any feedback on what you do or how to improve it is going to culminate in one massive reality check that will pull the rug from under you and make you feel like the fool you hadn't realized you were if you don't hit pod fade before them. I've had some similar experiences in public speaking. It can be humiliating and most people will lose their drive and maybe even quit after an experience like that. So how do our brains work against us? Well, our brains are complicated things, but that doesn't always mean that we are complicated beings. The brain uses a lot of energy each day, about 20% of our energy reserves, even in a resting state certainly more when we start to tax it, so it should come as no surprise that our brains like to conserve energy by taking shortcuts, or perhaps what we can more technically call heuristics. Some heuristics are constructive and save us a lot of time, but many need to be corrected and lead to getting mired in fallacious thinking and sometimes to arguments and even fights if they're left unchallenged. We can't be expected to constantly remember that we have received programming throughout our lives that dictate our norms and values from family, from school, environment, government, peers and media and more. Transcending our programming is often viewed as an act of defiance by those who either prefer to accept their programming as correct or are too fearful or unaware to change it. What are the effects of influence then? Robert Cialdini talks about authority as being one of the key drivers of influence and even cites some quite terrifying examples of experiments that were done where people were prepared to deliver what they believed were fatal electric shocks in a staged simulation to a subject who was an actor because the person in a white coat conducting the experiment told them to do it. Not everyone did, but most did and it was in large part down to a mix of Cialdini's weapons of influence, which also likely included a blend of consistency, as they had agreed to take part and maybe consensus as well because it seemed like everyone around was okay with this and it was normal. It is honestly amazing and just a little scary just how much we will go along with consensus and orthodoxy just because everyone is okay with it and there doesn't seem to be sufficient reason always to question it. This is one reason why cults teach adherents techniques like thought-stopping, because if you actually start to think rationally about what you're being told and question the voice of authority, you will probably end up coming to your senses and leaving, potentially stirring up similar ideas in others. People are generally much quieter when they're not asking questions. We move on then to the art of the con, and most cons happen when some element of trust has been established and our reason to question what is happening or why it's happening has been turned off for a while but we're regularly conned in other ways too media and politics mostly drive the narratives of popular discourse past behavior and our sense of who we are causes to act in ways that try to stay consistent with that identity We follow the crowd because it seems like they must be right. If everyone else is doing it, we should too. Guess what? (laughs) This is a long-winded way to get to my point. I apologize. But I feel like it was a necessary diversion. As podcasters and podcast guests, the vast majority of us follow the crowd and do what we see others doing. Sometimes we seek guidance. And if we are fortunate enough or thorough enough, We may find help that actually works for us any podcast coach worth their salt will tell you there is a shit ton of bad podcasting advice out there and some is from seemingly successful people who we may think we can trust fantasy versus reality then we often get taken in by the idea of things it's a bit like getting a dog the idea for many of us is a nice idea dogs are wonderful But the reality is one of daily walking in all weather conditions, picking up poop, lots of poop, vet bills, dog food, dog friendly hotels on your holidays or dog sitters, chewed furniture, fur all over the place and a very distinct dog smell that you never used to have at home. And did I mention the poop? That dog and its well-being are your responsibility, And if you're not a particularly responsible person already, you're probably not going to suddenly transform into one when the dog arrives. More likely, the dog will have a less than optimal existence that its ignorant owner thinks is just fine. So it's not just about us. Ignorance may be bliss for us, but it can be painful to others. Like my friend, let's call him Fred. Everyone else calls him Dan, but we'll call him Fred who publishes his unedited podcast conversations with no intros, a poor quality microphone, an untreated room, and untreated audio. He's an interesting and very intelligent guy. I want to listen to his conversations, but sometimes it takes so long to get to the point in his episodes that I give up, or the sound is so bad that I find something with better quality to listen to. I can't really say he's ignorant of this. He knows and really he doesn't care enough to fix it. For me, that's like having the best information and delivering it in the most boring lecture style that you can manage. Only the most committed people will wade through it. What Dan is ignorant of is that podcasts also need to be entertaining and not like you've just accidentally landed in someone's Zoom room. I've said many times before, but your enjoyment of a conversation does not equate to good content and your use of controversial opinions or strong language doesn't necessarily make you edgy or compelling to listen to. Do you have any idea how many people out there call their podcast something like real talk? It's not the hook point that you think it is. Ignorance really is no excuse as a podcast guest. So ignorance will hurt you as a podcast guest too. If you don't keep a check on certain things like whose show you're going on, what's their style of interview, whether the conversation will be edifying, will the show get cut or promoted? Will you sink or shine? Do you give longer answers than are needed? Are you really listening to the questions being asked and staying aware and present with the interviewer? Have you curated your message in the right way for that audience? Do you know what the win is for you appearing on the show or for the host? There's so much to consider. One time I agreed to do a show where it seemed the primary product of the show was built around marijuana edibles. And there were other guests that I didn't know about as well. The one just before me was a Donald Trump-loving, gun-toting, woke-hating redneck, and let's just say I was in the virtual waiting room wondering what the fuck I had got myself involved in. The interview ended up being great and a lot of fun, but when I look back, and fun did not translate into professionally useful, and I'm not in podcasting just to have fun. Looking back, agreeing to that interview, for me, was a mistake, although thankfully not a very painful or costly one. The most significant cost was the time, I could have spent that time doing something to advance myself professionally. I needed to be more careful about what and who I was giving my time to and how it may affect my professional image. I'd fallen into the trap of thinking that going on any slightly relevant podcast at all would give me a boost. If I look at my stats from such things, there have really only been two shows that I guested on that gave me major boost to things like my email list, which is my main call to action. And I realized that if I did more of those shows and less random stuff, I would probably see much greater results. In fact, there's no probably about it. So do you just start or start right? This is a hard question to answer, and there's a lot to be said for just diving in and getting started. I would have to go with the diplomatic answer, which is that it depends, depends what you are looking to achieve by going on podcasts. If you're all about just having fun, carry on as you are, doesn't really apply. If you're seeking to generate more business and build professional authority, then you would do well to get more strategic and prepare yourself well. I'm not a big advocate of the expression, how you do anything is how you do everything, but it is useful in terms of how we think about things. Again, a heuristic. So since we have been talking about heuristics running in general tendencies, if you do tend to half-ass things, you're probably going to do that with your podcast interviewing too. What about the resistance? Well, it always surprises me how often people resist the idea that you need to work at podcasting and learn how to make a good show that has a specific objective for the audience. Just as much as being a podcast guest, people often think that they are more interesting than they really are, or that they know enough to be the expert, or they have the personality to be the next big thing. But there are things that work and things that just don't. I would hope that unless you are a very experienced speaker, you would get some help and coaching before doing something like a TED talk. It would be sheer arrogance to think you didn't need it and would likely lead to regret when your less than great talk is splashed around the internet and top of search results when somebody Googles you. Your professional image needs to be curated and I know some people don't like this idea but it's the truth. If you want to be seen in a certain way by your audience, you need to do as much as you can to curate that image and act in accordance with it, speak accordingly, and even dress accordingly. People are desperate to put you into a little box and identify you as one thing, even though you are many things. Your curated image should be authentic to who you are, but not to the point where you are presenting a confusing image of who you are and what you are about not looking, sounding or feeling right is going to hurt you professionally and may already be doing that. You're going to get boxed and labelled whether you like it or not, whether it's right or wrong, and you should do your best to make sure you end up getting filed in the correct box in the mind of your listener. Now, writing this episode has been a bit of a challenge for me. First, to keep it on track, which I only just about managed, I think. Secondly, the time commitment to actually do the writing and put put it in together. And then COVID, which at the time of writing, I was still trying to recover from. But I believe more than ever that professional and expert podcast guesting requires a professional approach and that perhaps a version of something like Toastmasters or public speaking programs is needed to help with this. I'm still noodling on what that might look like. In the meantime, please keep learning from the podcast pros who are my guests on the podcast. Amazing people like Bob Gentle, Lee Carter, Jason Saccone. On those shows, we discuss a lot of these issues around charisma, authenticity and personal branding, and I'm sure you will find that valuable too. Now, various things have been getting in the way of my publication schedule, as happens when you are doing a podcast and working in a full-time job. So I apologize for the lack of regularity. I've been doing my very best to try and get episodes out more regularly. So the schedule has been a little bit off. I am still promising four episodes a month. I will try to release them on Mondays as much as possible. My next show is going to be an interview with Tim Reed, a very experienced podcaster from Down Under who has an incredibly successful podcast and knows a thing or three about being on podcasts, running a podcast and building influence and persuasion. He has built up a big business through his show and had a lot of fun speaking to him so make sure you don't miss that we'll be continuing the seven deadly sins of podcasting with number four in a couple of weeks so make sure you are subscribed to the show and we'll see you back again very soon wherever you're going whatever you're doing have an amazing day go and make great things happen